Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Be Here for a While. Today's episode of Be Here for a While is brought to you by Modern Fertility. You got to get that. Quip, definitely got to get that. Causebox, yes, the greatest treat ever. I'll tell you about those later, guys. And uh, happy Halloween. Well, this will come out the day after Halloween, but it's Halloween for me. And guess what Mama's dressing up as? Yeah. I'm going to be dancing the streets of West Hollywood, bopping around 80s style. Maybe there'll be some sailors around me, you know? Maybe I'm on a Navy ship. Maybe I have big, flowing, curly black hair. Maybe I'm also wearing a leather jacket and mostly a see-through number with uh, two butt tattoos. Maybe I also could turn back time. Guess the costume. Yeah, you guessed it. It's share in the If I Could Turn Back Time music video. I have my moves planned. If you follow me on Instagram, I already was practicing them and lip syncing the other day. Not in costume, but I got it down, baby. I got it down. And if you don't follow me on Instagram, feel free to do it at Rachel N. O'Brien. Reads like Rachel N. O'Brien. I'd love to hear what you guys were for Halloween. You know what? We don't want to be fun. Email me your Halloween costumes. Info at rachelobriancomedy.com or DM me. I like seeing the creative ones. Let's keep this spooky spirit going. And while you're at it, guys, also, if you are in Philly, Philadelphia, and Delaware, pretty much, I feel like it's a small-ish place, so if you're not near Wilmington, let's take the trek. Wilmington, Delaware, Philly. I will be in Philly November 7th, and I will be in Delaware November 8th. I'm at Punchline Philly on the 7th, and then at the Queen Wilmington on the 8th. And the clubs just gave me a promo code that I can share with the first 10 listeners that email me or DM me. Email me info at rachelobriencomedy.com or DM me at Rachel, R-I-C-H-A-E-L-N-O-B-R-I-E-N. And just say like, hey, I want to come to your show. And I uh, will reply and give you a discount code for $10 off. And we're in business. So get on that quickly because the discount code is not going to last long. I really hope to see you guys there. Like, I'm so excited. I've never been to Philly before. I've never been to Delaware either. I just, I can't wait to check out a new city and meet you guys. And as always, I so appreciate your support and, you know, your kindness and your love. And thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you for all the wonderful reviews, the five stars. And it, they just make me feel good. And you guys are, you guys are why I do this podcast, you know? I don't do it to hear myself talk. I could just do that in my apartment. And I probably do, you know? Anyways, well, I have a fun, um, this is a shorter intro because we, I feel like it was a longer episode. Not really, maybe just an hour, but um, I'm excited. Uh, he's done my podcast before, a couple years ago. At that time, he was just Greg, my sound guy, not uh, Greg Hunter, the boyfriend. Um, and he's on my podcast for the first time as, you know, I you know I said last week who he was when I'm with uh, Zach on the podcast, but I don't know. It's a... Uh, it's kind of a cute story, how we met, and so we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about why, for Halloween this year, Greg might be uh, dressing up as someone who might be missing a tooth, because guess what? Spoiler alert, you're going to hear the story of uh, how he lost a tooth a few days ago when we were in Palm Springs. It's actually a very scary story, um, So, but it ended up fine, and uh, yeah, but you're going to hear that story and um, also some other cool stuff we talk about. So anyways, without further ado, give it up for director, sound guy, former band member, probably still a band member, rancher, Gregory Michael Hunter. 
Gregory Hunter. Gregory Michael Hunter. Here I am. What? Whoa. I was just about ready to say smooth jazz about the sound, but smooth jazz about your voice. Jesus. Did I you know. just turn on a radio voice? I did. Because that's not how you sound normally. That's why I got this new mixer. Okay. So that's not how you sound normally, and uh, especially that's not how you're going to sound for the next two weeks. Uh, we'll explain that later. But <laughs> <laughs> That may be true. But uh, okay, so... Greg Hunter. Now, he's been on the podcast before. I have. Recurring guest. Yeah. So, he was... When that was happening, it was Greg Hunter, my sound guy. And I didn't... I mean, I we we were friendly. We were friends. Very sound guy. Yeah. (laughs) And... (laughs) And you asked me to do the podcast because you had a movie coming out, which was super cool. And I was like, sure, sure, sure. And so you did my podcast and you brought me um, a bottle of red wine and flowers. I did. Now, I'm going to walk back and just see if you remember this. I was like, oh, my God, that's so sweet. And you very were quick. You were very quick to be like, yeah, I get these flowers for free. I used to work at the flower shop a long time ago. <laughs> like, so I wouldn't think that you were being date like. Is that, is that That's correct? absolutely true. I tried to uh, pawn it off on having uh, a friend in the flower business. N- now, when you purchased the, when you got the flowers for free Admittedly, and got the wine. I got the flowers for free. However, I was at the flower shop being like, I've got a huge crush on this girl. I don't have a shot in hell, but uh, Ava, that? Dina, I need you to, you know, just whip me up something quick. I'm sure. Did you actually say that? Because I was about to ask you now, when you got the flowers, were you thinking like, if I just show up with wine and flowers, this could, this could be on. Not like (laughs) day of. I wasn't thinking that like, you know, you were going to be like, well, screw the podcast. Let's go into my bedroom. (laughs) That wasn't my move, but, uh, you thought you were planting. I was hoping, I, I, I think I did plant the seed little miss. Um, that was like, Two years ago, so hey, that hey, was. Uh, I don't. I've, a slow I've learned grower. a lot about seeds. You know, <laughs> they'll germinate years later. So the seed was planted. It wasn't watered, <laughs> but it was in the soil, just sitting there waiting for the, <laughs> the, for the time to be right. So if you guys haven't figured this out yet, this is uh, Greg Hunter, the new boyfriend whom I talked about on um, my podcast with Zach, the Ask Me Anything podcast, and I was waiting to. I don't know, like admittedly i mean greg's had to listen to every story i've ever had about like oh, i had this date and then this date and then this boyfriend didn't work out and this one treat like he, you've heard it all and so i was like also i find myself so annoying that i've just like dated so much that i'm like i'm gonna keep this one private for just a little bit especially because you were a so when i'm saying like back then he wasn't like necessarily my friend well we were friendly but he became like an ally and a friend for like the last year kind of before we dated um so i just wanted to like protect to protect our friendship and our relationship and stuff so but now we've been spending so much time together it's like you might as well do the podcast just made sense yeah i'm not gonna default to always have you on but i don't want to always be on i I do enough with this podcast (laughs) seriously i've been behind the scenes from the beginning folks (laughs) all research so <laughs> that's true. And I, like when we started dating, that was like part of the thing where I'm like, you've heard me be so annoying for years. Yeah, I knew the full spectrum of Rachel O'Brien before I got involved, which was nice to have that. You know, it's I felt like I could kind of ghost date her and see, you know, 
if this was someone I'd really like. And things completely changed. I mean, she's one person on the podcast, and she's a whole other person in the rest of her life. And That's very sweet. You also had a different person. Who said I was being sweet? Okay. (laughs) Do you want that crock pot full of chicken or no? Yes, I do. I will be a good boy. Get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of my face. (laughs) No, um, no, but it was funny to me. So, well, let's let's start about how, how it actually even happened. Like, I touched on it with the podcast with Zach. Um... So yeah, you'd been doing my sound and then, and then about like when I was still dating Christian or sort of dating him, I'd reached out to you because I wanted to, I wanted to write a, a script about mm-hmm. the comedy world. And at that time, explain where you were like, you owned this studio thing. Well, I didn't own it, but I was Whatever, renting leasing it. a big uh, studio space on the second floor of, well, it's best described as an old meat packing warehouse facility in downtown los angeles right outside of the la river where they like film grease and stuff yeah um kind of in the uh, industrial um part of downtown uh, it's called willow studios maybe you've been there if you work in the entertainment industry if it's not you've probably never been there epic looking it's epic uh in every sense of the word it's probably the creepiest place in los angeles i'd say creepiest basement in la hands oh, yeah. down well they, they definitely okay so the basement basement is like an old meat packing thing, but then they have, is that where they have like the, um, the lockers and the, yeah, but then the floor up from that is where they clearly shoot a bunch of horror movies. Oh no, no, no. Is that the basement? It's also too? in the basement too. This, this place oh, is God. like it's- a full square city block underground and there is a morgue. It's so it's a full set. There's like, oh yeah, they've got all kinds of sets yeah. for, you know, any horror film saw, uh, what movies or TV shows did they shoot there? Oh, all was kinds. it like New New Girl or Hello Girl or whatever it is? The old New Girl set yeah, is, yeah. is actually, yes, it has been rebuilt. They took it off the Fox lot and rebuilt it. What was right outside my studio, my office um, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it, I don't know if you know this. Well, you do know this because I've told you this since we went on a date there in, at, uh, at the Prince um, in Koreatown. Oh, okay. But yeah. The old New Girl set is actually a reproduction of The Prince, which is a restaurant in Koreatown. Super cool spot, Super which I cool. plan to post on that blog I keep meaning to update that I started. Yeah, you'll get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe in you. <laughs> it's a cool you. spot. If you're in L.A., I'd check it out. It's kind of like mobster-esque. Oh, it's super cool. It's like, it's in Koreatown, and it, and it serves like... Um, is it with that? It's kind of like Americanized Korean food. I'd say so. Yeah, because it's a lot of like fried stuff, but it's delicious. But it's just one of those cool hidden gems in LA where it's like all red inside and like red lights and just like velvet wallpaper. Yeah, weird like uh, Civil War statues as lamps and just yeah. yeah George Washington in porcelain sitting there watching yeah, you yeah. eat. Thomas cool. Jefferson, and then they've got these round booths that are basically like a full circle, and then and they've got plushy red leather. It's nice. It feels yeah. like you know, where you'd go if you were uh, dining with a mob. Yeah, yeah. it's super cool. Yeah. So yeah, so his studio was, I mean, I can't, it's so hard to describe how epic it is. Like the first, like, or at least the floor that we would enter from was like, you walk in, you're like in a saloon and then you keep going and then you look, it looks like you're in like the president's office and then like an 80s, like, you know, uh, Wall, Wall Street. Yeah, uh, or Wall Street. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Like it, it's just the coolest. And then there play. was a big psych area. Yeah. And then there was like another bar. Psych area is the... the like a the, cyclorama, like a yeah, big open... And no one else knows what that means. Yes, I an, only, an infinity wall. So where you can take you photos will. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you watch any of those new AT&T commercials, they like don't try hard anymore and they just have people like walk on the big studio space and they show the big white wall. Yeah. Like that's, that's what it was. Yeah. So, so yeah. So 
we so bat like so towards the tail end of when I was dating Christian or Christian and I were sort of just friends. Who the hell knows? Um, we went and toured that because I was like, Greg, I really want to film something. And and also prior to that, you'd filmed like a stand up tape I needed to submit for like a comedy special yeah. thing. And like, I'd been kind of your uh, go to for any media creation needs. Yeah, sound or photography or film, just you know. Yeah, and like admittedly. I knew that Greg was a creative and I knew, but because the nature of our relationship was him listening to my podcast all the time, I didn't know as researching. much <laughs> yeah, researching. Yeah. <laughs> you creep. Um, I didn't know as much about him. Like I just, I didn't know how interesting you were. I didn't know. Like, I mean, she thought I was homeless. Let's be honest folks. And true story. Let, let me start from the beginning of, I just so, knew that you were on a band, and then you were on a bus, and then there were, you were... That's... that's we, we can cut it off right there. I was in a <laughs> band. I was on a bus. When Rachel met me, I had been... I mean, I'm not really an actor, but me and my friends got really involved with this idea of doing a Mad Max meets Pink Floyd the yeah, Wall. Yeah, you talked about it on the podcast. Epic, yeah. Personally. If you want to go to that episode years ago when me and Rachel weren't together... Um, I had made this short film that's a rock opera called Roller, and my character in that movie, Wallace Gonzalez, um, well, had been lost in the desert for years, and so I grew my hair out and my beard out. I hadn't hadn't shaved or cut one hair off my face for a calendar year when... uh, When I first met you. When I first met Rachel. But I still thought you were really cute. I just thought... I was just like... Oh, this guy's so handsome. He's got like he's tall and thin, and he's, his face is so pretty. He could be a male model, but is he homeless? Why is he? What's going on with his? What's going on with everything? <laughs> yeah, reasonable. Yeah, <laughs> I. But it, no, that's but when I got to know you more, like I found out, you know, and that's just with anything, like how like m- interesting you are and like motivate, like. So, uh, frankly, when I became more interested in you, it was definitely when we started writing the script together. Yes. And uh, we were just, but what's so crazy to me is that we were spending six hours a day sitting in my apartment writing. I still had no idea you liked me. Still had, it's so weird now that we spent that much time in an apartment together and didn't like hug or, you know what I mean? Like we we weren't cuddling. We were being creative, which is something that's like very important to me in my life. And that was, uh, I mean, like granted, I the moment I saw you, I was like, "Wow, what a what a true American beauty!" Shut <laughs> up, God damn it! I'm no, and <laughs> and then we talked that that day at Greenblatt's or night, and I was convinced that you you know this is someone who has real exceptional talent, and thanks. I would you know I was just I interested. That I was just more. you you were intriguing. Yeah. To the utmost, and I could solve your problem problems for in, in fifteen minutes, the ones that you had at the time. So yeah, I was like, S- certainly, I'll, I'll do this for cheap. Yeah, but it's crazy to me. But you told me, and your friends have vouched for it that you basically liked me from, but you had a crush on me. Oh, certainly. I left. I left Greenblatt's being like, uh, guys, I just met the most beautiful girl in the world, and she needs help with her podcast, which you all know I can do. So, so I'm basically in. Yeah, yeah. So I'm basically well. I wasn't. I was like, I have no shot in hell. I mean, first of all, look at me. At the time, I was, you know, doing that movie. You're gorgeous. And so I looked like a homeless bum, or like Hollywood Jesus. Either or, I was going for (laughs) something. uh, A prospect to be the new Hollywood Jesus. Who knows? Anyhow, 
Um, it's when Rachel called me on the phone, maybe two or three weeks into me. To talk about my podcast. That's all it took. No, to explain what happened then. I called you. I was walking up. So Actually, no, I'm going to I'm gonna take this for two seconds. Take it. So this is the way he said this to me in such earnest after we started dating. And I, it took everything not, I did laugh in your face. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Took everything in your being nuts. You laughed in my face. (laughs) I did. Sorry, I did. So I was like, wait, so you, you've, you've liked me from the beginning. Like I I didn't, wow, I didn't know. And then you were, you basically looked at me and you were like, yeah, but you were kind of into me too. I was like, um, why would you think that? And you were like, you called me. I was like, to talk about my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's true. I mean, the moment is so vivid in my memory where this little seed of uh, I had I I thought that there was a chance. I thought maybe she was interested in me because she could have kept it to a text, could have kept <laughs> to an email, you know, in the professional realm and I'm I'm in Koreatown in an apartment walking up to this music producer's apartment. Uh, if you want to call me a music producer, an old buddy of mine. He's done real well for himself since, but I remember the only time I was ever in that apartment complex, and I just mm-hmm. remember like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm getting ready to get into his house, and then I pull up my phone, I'm like, Rachel O'Brien. Stop <laughs> everything. All right, I'm going to pace up and down this corridor answering all of her podcast questions as smoothly and... <laughs> <laughs> you were doing vocal warps. You were like, can you hold on one second, oh, Rachel? Oh, yeah, yeah. You put me on mute, and you were like, ow, now, brown <laughs> cow. <laughs> basically, basically. I'm trying to be... Sound a little deep and <laughs> calm and handsome and yeah. in control. You you were. So, yeah, basically, I guess we don't need to go over the whole story, but we got closer when we started writing the script. But, but that is crazy to me that, especially if you did, first of all, you didn't let me know you liked me. No idea. And if you were able to, I don't know, it's just surprising that, I don't know. I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that I wholeheartedly believed that there was a small inkling of interest on your part from that phone call mm-hmm. onward. And then when I introduced you to about three... 35 boyfriends? Yeah, in between. <laughs> well, I just thought they were, you know, stepping stones to get, get to me. I was trying to make you jealous. Uh, maybe. No, I'm not exact. I mean, who knows? But I, yes, there was a part of me that thought maybe Rachel's slightly interested, but not on a level that was even worth ruining what we were slowly building together mm-hmm. and i and i truly believe you're a, a true talent and i still do yeah and like i just loved the juxtaposition of this beautiful girl and the open mic comedy stage yeah. and i was like what what a brave girl thank you and i thought that was badass and i'm someone who for as long as i can live has sought out basically empty stages to sing my you know silly songs on and I just and I, I I find it impressive and I can relate to anyone who's bold enough to get on a stage with a microphone and express themselves in any Thank way you. and I thought that was badass about you and I always did and I didn't want to ruin that just by you know pure physical attraction which is like obviously I was physically attracted to you you're Thank you. Gorgeous. We don't want my listeners to puke by all this. Yeah, so I'll move move forward. We'll Um, we'll just go to like how it actually happened. And then we have to address um, the uh, change in your voice right now. No, he's not going through puberty. I'm not hitting on a 12-year-old. That's not what's happening. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So something that was just kind of like nagging at me and bothering me, but I knew I would never take the steps to go to the doctor and figure it out 
was finding out where I stood with my fertility and how many eggs I had. But then modern fertility came along and made it so much easier for me to take that worry and doubt away because knowledge is power. And when you know more, you can make better decisions for your body, your health, and your future. And there aren't many decisions bigger than having a child, but for many women, the fertility is a big question mark. Mine was too until I signed up for Modern Fertility, I got my kit, I sent it back in, and my mind is at ease because I know what I'm working with. If you want more information about your ability to get pregnant, you need Modern Fertility. Modern Fertility is a quick and easy hormone test you can take at home, whether you're thinking of trying for a baby now or you want to know about your options in the future. Your results are delivered within 10 days, and your personalized dashboard will give you insight into how many eggs you have, hormone levels, and any reproductive red flags. You can also talk one-on-one -on -one with a fertility nurse or use the timeline tool to plan ahead, which was super cool to see you. You go up and down like, okay, maybe I want to have a kid in two years. What does that look like? Proactive testing through your doctor can cost over $1,000, which is why I was never going to go. But with Modern Fertility, you can get the same information just like I did for just $159. And I have an offer for my listeners because I want you guys to have the same information and knowledge that I do. And right now, Modern Fertility is offering my listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash be here. That's $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash be here modernfertility.com slash be here so yeah we've been writing this script together for a while and I mentioned that script on the last podcast about that whole life experience thing that happened and uh some characters that were in that script were um some people that he had the potential to meet when I did my show in Wichita Kansas uh, mm -hmm. because my friend from that place uh lives there and then we flew out another one of our friends um from last summer and so it was like yeah so I was there I had a I was doing a show in Wichita staying with uh, my friend Rachel and this is when like I didn't totally understand why Greg was always in Colorado because I remember like I would when I was like be sending him the podcast stuff it was like he's like okay cool well I'm just I'm um, just driving from you know the Denver airport to my property in Colorado I was like I don't does he not live in LA anymore I totally I don't totally understand <laughs> or whatever so he never, you never really fully explained it to me, and I learned it that night. So um, he knows I have a show. Like the day before, you called me or text me, and you were like, hey, like we're only like six hours away or something, and we're bored, me, you and your friend on, on your ranch or whatever. Like maybe we'll come down for the show. And I was like, that's awesome. And you were like, I'd love to meet Rachel and Chris. And yeah. Yeah. And I was like, perfect. Like this will be a blast. And so you guys drive down for the show. I've already told the story about the scary girls trying to poison me. Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't need to rehash that. But yeah. it was a quite a serendipitous occasion yeah. going to that show in Wichita. For I mean, I had decided earlier in the week that I was going. I, I had been living on my property in the middle of absolutely nowhere for nine weeks at that moment. Mm -hmm. which is the longest stretch I had gone in my life being yeah. just basically like I hadn't seen another woman in that amount of time. I mean, you didn't go into Aguilar and try to... And no, I mean, oh, we no, went, no. We went out there. That was where Yosemite <laughs> you weren't, Sam Exactly. You, you I wasn't there, there to protect to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a, from the podcast like two weeks ago. Um, so, so, yeah, so you tell me you're going to come down. You're bored, whatever. You're going to come down. And yeah. then just so happened, didn't it coincide with... It coincided with the fact that the day I told you I'm gonna come to your show in Wichita I ended up selling seed hemp seed to a big-time farmer in Wichita mm -hmm. 
um, who has since become a good friend of mine. And then I also sold uh, just like a small order of 4,000 hemp seeds to a teacher Mm -hmm. there in Wichita. So like we had seed sales to make. We had reasons to be in Wichita, which was a driving force for me being able to pull the CEO of the company that I'm helping build out there, Mm -hmm. uh, Luke, a good buddy of mine, to come with me uh, to Wichita. And so, so yeah, so you guys came to my show, and then I remember you telling me, like, hey, so we're going to, so we all planned to go out afterwards, and Rachel and and her husband and all their friends, it was going to be a big thing, and then we were going to go see this yacht rock band and all this, Um, but we went to, after the show, we went to this first, like, bar restaurant thing, and I remember you saying, like, these are, like, big-time farmers, this is, like, a really big deal for me and Luke, so, like, it's cool that they're, Pump them up. Yeah, pump them up. Grease their tires a bit, like, make them think that we are... Worthy business partners. Well, because to get you, I mean, you guys with. are young guys. Although, yeah. isn't Heath young? But he. Yeah, he is. Okay. Okay. He's but surprisingly. He's only thirty-three. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, Two kids. Well, that's how people do it in the real world, not LA. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, my sister had kids at twenty-three. I'm. My my niece and nephew will be. At least my niece will probably be in college by the time I have kids. So let's just. Hey. My sister's older I'm, than me. I'm right there with you. Anyway, um, so. So, yeah, so Rachel and I are like, you know, and so. They did a great job, folks. They did a great job. (laughs) I mean, it's our best customers to the business. (laughs) It worked out well, too, because Heath is about Rachel's age. And uh, Heath's dad, Roland, was about Rachel Miller's age. Actually, Rachel Miller's a bit younger, but whatever. You know, we've got the father and son. Rachel looks significantly younger than him. But Rachel also is such a young spirit. Yeah. Yeah. The point is, it's just I like, think Rachel's my age. She's 20 years older than me. I think she's my age. You guys lined up perfect to like talk to each of them and yeah. just pump up their tires and be like, oh, these guys, they are smart. They are yeah. go-getters. But, but it was helpful to pump up your tires for me a little bit. So this is, so is going to s- probably sound like, I don't know, like a vein or something or narcissist. I don't know. No, not narcissist. I don't know what the right word. Superficial. That's the word. But I, I don't mean it to. But going back to when I thought Greg was homeless, all right? Exactly. So that was she was my learning a new part of me. Yeah, the, he he was he's like humble about like his successes and stuff. So I just didn't know. So you know, I'm hearing them talk about like freaking. I felt like it was like million dollar deals and stuff. And I was like, what? I thought Greg was homeless. What's going on here? <laughs> and Greg so, owns land in Colorado. What? He's building a container home. I love container <laughs> yeah, homes. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. But I was like, kind of picking up on it, but. Rachel, my friend who, um, I mean, you know, she, I mean, her and her husband built their business, but they, they own like the, like whatever those cash and like speedy cash things. Speedy They're cash. incredibly successful. Um, and she's, she's just a doll, but like she know like, you know, she's got a, you know, whatever life. And she, I guess for her to say, I, I don't even know why she just looked, she looked over at me and she just went. Greg is so cute and so nice and he clearly likes you and he's going to be very successful. What is wrong with you? Like, why don't you like him? And I was like, well, I don't know. I just never thought about it before. <laughs> she posed the same question to me that day and I didn't have an answer. And little did she know I was kind of on the war path to change that. Yeah. <laughs> but I did notice myself that night, like, uh, just gravitating towards you in terms of like, okay, well, I don't know everyone here. I mean, I know Rachel, but she's like, you know, with her husband. I I don't know anyone here besides her, really. And, well, and Chris, but they, whatever, he was talking to someone else. And so I just kind of found myself being like, well, Greg's the only person I like really know. And so I just, I wanted to be around you, yeah. but I didn't know what that meant. And then. 
It got chilly. I put my rancher jacket on you. You're Jesus. holding on to me. Oh, Jesus. It was a whole formula. Was this worked a romance out. novel? <laughs> kind of. It felt like that. I mean, let's be honest. Yacht Rock. Yacht Rock in the rain. Yeah, so they were playing Yacht Rock, which I love. Starts raining, and you decided to kiss me. Laid my first kiss on you. Yeah. So Under a full moon in Scorpio. Okay. While it poured down rain to some Tom Petty. <laughs> was it actually Tom Petty playing? I'm going to believe it was. Okay. There was a few too many tequila shots in me at that moment to know exactly what was playing. And then you can make up whatever you want, whatever your heart desires. So anyways, that's the story. Hopefully you didn't puke um, (laughs) from all the sappiness. But, it, you know, it's, I don't know. I I think I've probably said it many times before, but I don't know. I feel lucky. I feel like you're a safe person and whatever. Let's move on. But that's how we met. But you loved me from the beginning, huh? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and she loves that and i'm gonna let her have it folks i'm gonna let her have it till the day we die yeah oh okay that's really cute so anyhow now i'm gonna puke um so okay so now we've been dating for a while and um so this been going is going great yeah this is where it has been this is where the tooth thing comes in we'll circle back to why we were or we were in the desert and whatever so this is where the lisp comes in right now yeah <laughs> so Mug, why don't you just well i'll explain the beginning so we go to la quinta where my parents have a house and you, he got to meet my nanny and dick which we'll cover that later nanny is the most opinionated person in the world and the fact that I she liked him yeah was like i was i get nervous as nanny's she can back talking up her opinions though yeah she can't she's, she's brilliant and classy and lovely but like i get nervous as i'm like Because I'll usually, like, when Nanny's meeting someone new, I will just, like, sort of, like, cook in the kitchen and silent scream, like, I hope she doesn't say anything (laughs) scary. And so I'm, like, trying to overhear, but I can't fully, like, I need a buffer in between, like, where I'm bustling around. Because I'm, like, did she just say that, like, an Italian cab driver is better educated than a professor in America? Come on, Nanny. Like, just because you're Italian. Um, The Italians can do no wrong in her mind. Oh, you don't don't even know. I'm um, starting to learn. Oh, it's so intense. So anyways, we were there for that, and we'll talk about that in a second. But Greg and I had then spent a couple more days in um, the desert. and We left with the intention of being there for two. Yeah. Stayed for five? I think so. Well, there was fires here. <laughs> there were fires. They would have got us. What yeah. a perfect excuse. To, I know. We were like, there's going to be relax. so much traffic. I felt so L.A. in that We moment. live be nowhere like... near the fires <laughs> in L.A. <laughs> Uh, put work on hold. Yeah, <laughs> gotta relax. Gotta relax. No, we were there working. That was the kind of our it's, point. We were getting a, a ton of work done. We didn't want to break up the day by driving. Yeah, we made a smart move. Yeah. So on the last day, and we'd been together in the same house for a couple of days. You know, just by ourselves. My parents weren't there, and I needed like I'm the type when I'm working inside my house, it can only last for maybe cabin fever. Yeah, and then I just start cleaning something. Like, I have to get out. So It's true. It's true. <laughs> even more so when there's security cams and her mom's watching. You don't even, you don't know, you don't know my life and the stress I'm under. I was Please, stressed. Cindy O'Brien and her cleaning. I'm a mess maker. You don't even know. I was stressed. I mean, granted, I think she's been mad at me since I did stick a fork in a blender and shoot um, cauliflower and mashed potatoes <laughs> up on the ceiling and they had to get it repainted. <laughs> I've been in trouble. These are vaulted ceilings too, folks. I mean, this was <laughs> quite a feat. We're talking 12 feet up. Yeah, I've been in trouble since then. But um, so I decide to leave and I go to this restaurant. Uh, we won't name what it is because they're very afraid we're going to sue them, I think, <laughs> when it wasn't it wasn't their fault. Um, so I, I was just too chewy. Yeah, it was not their fault. 
Um, so I go to the restaurant and I'm like working on my computer for an hour and then Greg comes to meet me. So then you come to meet me. And I'm all excited. Yeah. She'd been away for a few hours. <laughs> I was lonesome. Oh. Got all dolled up. Not really. She had, you know, anyhow. I'd walked there, so I was not dolled yeah, up. Then, yeah, she and wasn't. I, I hope you weren't trying to upstage me. I was. Okay, good. I was trying to come in and be like, look, I'm, I'm the real breadwinner. I mean, you, uh, like, literally every time a friend of mine does meet you, though, or someone, like, Zach thinks you're, like, the most gorgeous human ever. So, you, I mean, you can upstage well, me any time. from Listen, brother husband. If it does work out with us, I've said this before, yeah. and we have kids, my kids will have a chance to not be short and stocky. That's because you're re- that's tall enough. and real thin, and like I mean, that's like biological investing right there. I mean, if I have a girl, she won't go through the 180, 200 pound phase I did. You know, maybe maybe <laughs> it's she, true. It's maybe true. she'll have a metabolism. I, like I your could, family I does. could bless our potential children. With yeah, that'd be so great. The ability to eat whatever they want without thinking. About oh, it. wouldn't that be great? I'm a garbage disposal, folks. So unfair. Okay, now you're just bragging. Um. <laughs> So anyways, you come and meet me and you order pizza. Yeah, you are a garbage disposal. You're not even there for very long. You had neither of us had even gotten a chance to even drink our wine. Uh, yeah, I still had wine, which the food just got set down. Yeah. You were there for maybe 15 minutes. I had eaten a few calamari. Yeah. I hadn't even finished one slice of pizza. I go for the, you know, complimentary bread. Mm-hmm. And I bite into it and it's just so chewy and then I take a few more bites and then there's something so oh, hard. Oh, it was the bread? I thought it was the pizza that did no, it. No, no, it was the bread. It was the bread. Oh, are you saying there was something hard in the bread? Because I could see that. No, 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 no. That was my tooth. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, I was like, this is some scrumptious, delicious, soft, gooey bread. I take a few bites and then suddenly I bite on something super hard. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. And I pull it out because it just felt so foreign to the rest of yeah. the experience. And lo and behold... There is my porcelain tooth. So you had just gotten like a like a bridge put in or whatever. Yeah. So earlier this year, um, due to some reverse absorption, which is basically you don't need to. It might be gross for people. Go ahead. There could be oral surgeons okay. listening okay. who are like, "Wow, what an educational podcast." Okay. Anyhow, uh, I got a lot of tooth teeth crowding in the my bottom row of teeth. Whatever, I had braces when I was a kid, and then I lost my retainer, and they got crowded again. Anyhow, well, it's the same things happening to my teeth, so I shouldn't make fun of you. And they're telling me my you top shouldn't teeth make fun are of me. You don't want loose. this to happen. Yeah, they're telling my top teeth they're coming loose because my bottom teeth are yeah, crowding. Yeah, well, them. that's exactly one one tooth. You know, had to sacrifice itself for the greater good of yeah. all the other teeth, um, and it did just that. And so I had to get it pulled, and then. At the time that it happened, I had a lot going on and I didn't have time to worry about like 15 dental visits to get, you know, set up for a dental implant. So they were like, all right, quick and easy fix is this thing called a Maryland bridge mm-hmm. where they make a porcelain tooth and then they adhere it between two of your other snaggle teeth. Got it. So they did just that. And they warned me that like, you know, you bite into a hard apple, it might come out or if you get punched Not in the, the face. Not the softest bread ever. It, well, well, it was. I mean, it was soft bread. It was very soft. So too soft, Dave. So from so from my perspective, I see you bite into it, and then your eye, you kind of just look at me with like doe eyes. I'm like, what? And you were like, my tooth just fell out, and I was like, oh, okay. I was like, we'll handle it. Like, do you want to go to the bathroom and like look or whatever? At that point, did I hand you the little um, jewelry bag to put the tooth in? Rachel was so on the spot, like out of nowhere, she pulls out this perfectly sized leather bag that could seemingly seemingly be only made for a tooth. (laughs) Um, Her hour rate 
All right. Yeah, they jewelry, were podcast sponsor. I mean, hopefully the promo code saved my working. life because shortly thereafter, me putting my tooth in its little tooth holster, I started getting tunnel vision. Yeah, I, well, I could I, feel. I told you to go to. The, you didn't seem to be getting it at the table, though, did you? It, right at first, I said, well, "Why don't you go to the bathroom and just?" No, it it started immediately. I started seeing oh. checkers. Kind of, I I just was like, "What? It, why is this happening?" I, there, I thought I was bleeding. Well, I was bleeding mm-hmm. from where the tooth used to be. Well, not like profusely, but like just in that moment, your tooth comes out. The way your mouth feels, it feels like all your teeth fell out. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was it's having like one that of those, dream, that scary, it, scary. I thought I was in dream. a dream as I walked to the bathroom in my mind i was literally questioning whether or not reality was happening Mm -hmm. which is very strange yeah okay so now i officially know i am addicted to my quip toothbrush because i forgot it on a one-day trip the other day and i had to use this random toothbrush and i felt like i was abusing my poor gums because with quip quip sensitive vibrations with a built-in timer guide gentle brushing for the dentist recommended two minutes with 30 second pulses ensuring an even clean and i probably wasn't brushing for the full two minutes because i need that reminder and that timer to just keep my teeth as healthy as possible you just feel like you have a clean healthy bright shining mouth and it's like a bit of self-care, you know? And Quip automatically delivers brush heads to you every three months for clean, new bristles right on schedule. The sleek, intuitive design is simple to use and comes with a travel cap that doubles as a mirror mount. And it's like super chic. These thoughtful features make brushing something you actually want to do every day. You know, good habits matter to live a healthier life. So help form fresh oral habits with Quip. You guys will not go back to any other toothbrush. Quip starts at just $25 and you'll get your first refill free at getquip.com slash be here. This is a simple way to support my show and start brushing better, but you have to go to getquip.com slash be here to get your first refill free. Go right now to get getquip. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash be here. So I'm walking to the bathroom and Everything is kind of turned into a tunnel, tunnel vision. I, I make it inside the bathroom. I can't even look at myself in the mirror before I realize that I got to get back to Rachel because I'm going to pass out. And I was thinking like, and as he's walking back, I'm like, he literally has been gone for 30 seconds. Like, what yeah. the hell? I, I, I bumped into a chair on my way, on my walk back. I was. And l- let, us, let us just preface again. No alcohol has been consumed. Oh, yeah. This I hadn't had a yeah. drop. May, maybe I had two sips of the wine yeah. I got. Best case. And so I get back to the table, I like fall on Rachel and I'm like, I feel weird. And then... And I was like, just go sit sit down and calm down. Yeah, I remember then trying to get back to my seat and then... You got back to your seat. I so don't... So I'll, you blacked out from here. Yeah, the last okay, thing so I you, remember... You come over and you say... I don't even know. I don't even think you came to my side of the table. You just went to your seat. Well, I have a vivid memory of me coming to you. Well, so maybe you did. And then I was like, okay, well, let's just talk through it. And I said, go sit down in your seat or whatever and like just breathe. And you're sitting across from me. And you were like, you said, I think I'm having a panic attack. And I was like, okay. And I was like, and so I started to do like, just breathe. Okay. I was like, drink some water. Like, and all of a sudden you just started to slowly go down. Like it was like, you said, I think I'm having a panic attack. And then it was like in slow motion, like your your head, your arms started to go down. And by the way, this is a restaurant with a tile floor. And all I can think is I do not want his head hitting that. Because like, first of all, we're on we're in uh, like pub tables, like the high seats. Greg's like close to six five. So this is a lot of, you know, it's a long fall. There's a it's a long fall. And so 
I also, I'm sitting across from, I can't get around to like break your fall. The only thing I can do in that amount of time is I reached across the table and I just grabbed your head by your hair and I just held on as long as I could just to sort of like slow down your fall until like I couldn't, I mean, hold on. I mean, I, you know, I'm, it's, I'm over a table holding on to your entire body by your hair. Well, my head didn't hurt when I came too. So yeah, you, you must have. Well, because imagine if you would have just fully gone down like that far on the. Oh yeah, that's that could have been a concussion. Oh yeah, so, or worse. So, su- surprisingly, I I don't know. I felt very calm about the situation. Like I was sort of like, okay, he he got queasy, his tooth fell out, he kind of had a panic attack, and then he just like I truly didn't think anything like major major had happened. I was just like, I was I was scared. But I knew you were f- going to be fine. But then I got a little bit more scared because the entire restaurant freaked the fuck out. Yeah, I came to... The last thing I remember was being like, oh, shit. I mean, I, first of all, this is something that has happened to my life, in my life, multiple times. You I don't passed know. out? Oh, yeah. Like, funniest, quick anecdote. First touchdown I ever scored in football, yeah. I ran like a 99... Not 99, probably 80-yard uh, touchdown off of a reverse play. I was a tight end, and then I got to the end zone, and I ran so fast and so hard that I just passed out. Okay, well, this would have been good to know <laughs> beforehand. So, so anyhow, I knew I was passing out. From the moment I got up to go to the bathroom, I knew it was happening, so I had to just get back to Rachel. That was my only goal. As soon as I got back to you, I blacked out. I don't remember yeah, anything so you go down. until I woke up on the floor. But, the, but you were down, and there was enough time that where people were – so there was a, a husband and wife to the, to the right of me, mm-hmm. and he was like, you need to call 911. The people behind me, the hostess, ever, there was like four people being like, you need to call 911. And I'm like, I don't think this is a 911 thing, but yes, maybe they're right. And then the husband to the right was like, this happened to my wife in Mexico. She had a panic attack, and she was low on electrolytes. I was like, okay. Also seems like you can just have Gatorade for that. Like, I don't know if this is a hospital thing. Like, I was sort of just weighing, like, does he want to have a big hospital bill or is this just, like... Which I did not want to have the big hospital bill. Yeah, I just didn't know. But then they probably five people kept saying to me over and over again, you need to call 911. So I started to dial 911. But thankfully, there was a doctor. There was a doctor. And that's the the one thing. That's how I came to and, like, there was a lot of people suddenly interested the, the entire, like, oh i saw i i mean i'm seeing it from like you're already down i'm watching probably 20 people like freak uh, at out at the time when i'm coming out of a you know dreary blacked out haze of fainting in the middle of a restaurant and falling onto the floor i felt like i was in the middle of a stadium a packed stadium and there's all these new faces and they all were i very concerned all i wanted to see was rachel and then i hear a guy behind me say i'm a doctor and so i I just to get everyone else around me, I turned around and I was just like, I shook his hand and I was like, you're a doctor. All right. I'm only listening to you. <laughs> Is that what you said? Yeah. That's smart. And wow, then that was, see, that was very steady thinking for and you then too. He, and he was like, put your head, he grabbed my head and he's like, put it between your legs. Like I was kind of sitting on my butt and my legs were up and I put my head between my knees and like not even 20 seconds go by. And I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm already two times better. Like I'm not yeah. spinning anymore. And then I can see Rachel standing on the phone and I'm like, all right, she's on the phone with either one, her mom or two, an ambulance. So like, <laughs> Same thing. I mean, very similar. Very t- similar. Types of alert. You know, Cindy could fly in on a helicopter any yeah. moment, at a moment's <laughs> notice. So I wasn't sure what, what it might be, but I was just like, just don't call an ambulance. I'll be fine. Give me some water well, in the entire, 10 minutes. And think I'll about be... it. The entire restaurant also didn't know that your tooth just fell out. So they, I, I assumed that they thought you were like on drugs. And I was, so I was very quick to be like, his tooth fell out. He's not on drugs. Yeah. 
and the doctor had asked you and you were like, no, I'm like, yeah, the- he doesn't do drugs. This isn't. Yeah. I know he's thin, but like there's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's just genetics. Um, it's good genetics. Yeah, because they didn't know that. So I had to explain. So then the rest of the people started to calm down and be like, oh, I, OK, we understand now. It wasn't just that he had yeah. like, you know, a full on like episode. Yeah. No, it was very strange. I, I think I just entered into the dream world for a moment. I thought yeah. I was lucid dreaming and my body was like, you know what? We're just going to shut down. Just yeah. Quick restart. You ever had your phone just restart for no reason? Yeah. <laughs> That's what similar. my brain did. Yeah. It, my, my tooth fell out and it was like, oh, this fucking sucks. So uh, restart. Yeah. I came to and the tooth wasn't. Uh, Granted, I would in. still like you to go to a doctor this week and just make sure everything's okay. Oh, yeah. But we, no, d- we didn't I'm, need an ambulance to pull up because you were fine. Like, so. Th- Mama so, Hunter has already confirmed it's a it's a must oh, okay good so yeah so i knew like right away like he was fine like the only thought in my head i was like like it was so much hustle and bustle going around and i was like and then i got like a moment of clarity and i was like oh my god i can't finish my wine because i have to drive now and that was kind of what snapped me back in because i was like now i got to take care of him this is a whole thing which was nice <laughs> i did know i was getting babied for the rest of the night when i finally came to i was like all right don't act too yeah okay so okay. i was like all right i'll because i hate driving and like i always make you drive and it's again i hadn't even drank either but i was just like also i can't finish the wine and let everyone watch me like be like let me just indulge in this and can i have a, a nosh real quick before well, he's <laughs> i know. really wanted to finish the my wine as well i mean as soon as i came to I was like i've been through a lot today. yeah no but i deserve that we had to just leave there and be like we're you know we're two full glasses of wine yeah just gone fallen mm. soldiers so yeah, so we you were fine quickly though. We leave and I did baby for the rest of the night. I made I got you soup from I ordered some wonton some soup. wonton soup and then I then lovely. we did a face mask. I was like, maybe Greg, you need to do a little self care. Like you work really hard, you don't eat quite enough. And mm-hmm. I was like, let's drink some nice tea and do a face mask. And it was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good to have someone concerned about you. Yeah, but it was it was it. It was it was scary, but I was pro tip. Your girlfriend's just not showing enough attention. Just faint. Yeah, faint boys. But I I was I was happy to see though that like, you know, back to me as always. <laughs> I was happy to see though that like, because I think about like when I have like kids one day. Like, I hope I'm not a mom that just fucking freaks out. Like, it's nice to know that like in that kind of situation, I'm like no. A plus B equals C. Like, I'm going to grab his head. I don't want his head to go down. Yeah. Okay, does he need an ambulance? Actually, let me just handle this and not be you like, oh, my God, and, like, freak out. Calm yeah. and composed. Yeah. And Johnny on the spot with that perfect tooth pouch. Yeah. Which <laughs> I really credit her because the, the the whole tragedy of this whole thing would have been if I lost that tooth, if I swallowed the tooth, if I dropped it you down the drain. You'd have to buy another one? Yeah, that damn tooth's like 1500 bucks. How is a tooth $1,500? This whole thing's a racket. Yeah, of course it's a racket. A, 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 I put it under my pillow gold, thinking maybe... A golden diamond David Yerman bracelet is barely $1,500, let alone a porcelain tooth. I'll I, make you a damn tooth. You think the tooth fairy would you know start cashing in on the porcelain? Yeah. I, I got nothing. <laughs> oh, I got geez. nothing. I slept with it under my pillow. Nothing. I'm sorry. I should have put well, one I of those lottery tickets. To, you know. <laughs> You're so cute. Anyhow. So that was... But that it was scary. Like, I... Well, I did get a free Halloween costume out of it. Yeah, because now... Oh, yeah. So now the reason why there's a lisp is because he can't get into the dentist because his dentist is in Indianapolis. He has to go back there till November 11th. So if you guys are coming to my shows in Philly and Delaware, he'll be with me and he'll be toothless. <laughs> I'm going to look the most, most handsome toothless man you ever seen. It's on the bottom. You can't really see it that much. You can see it. I walked in today and the first thing she said to me was, I can see the tooth. And I was like, what, you mean you can't see yeah, the tooth? Yeah, good point. 
Good point. Yeah, no, it's it's. De- I dribble a little bit more right now. <laughs> it feels very weird. I feel like I have fangs. Uh, I would. I mean, that's a weird feeling. It's not good. It's weird enough when you even chip a tooth, let alone having a big gap. You know. Yeah, and the and the teeth on either side of it have been like sawed into to like hold the whole porcelain yeah. fake tooth thing in there and. Well, you'll get it fixed. It feels strange. You'll get it fixed in a couple weeks in Indy. But yeah, I did get a free ha- Halloween costume out of it. So, you know, yeah. I can't I can't be upset about that. I can be a hockey player. Yeah. I can be a truck driver. Oh, those are these are all great. I can be We just lost hockey Billy players Bob. and truck drivers as listeners and Billy Bobs. <laughs> They're Beverly <insulted>. Hillbilly. <laughs> some sort of swamp thing. A witch. Yeah, okay. You there know, so, you know, the possibilities are really endless, but I'm thinking I'm going to be liquor well, like and Wallace, it's, the it's, whiskey wizard himself. I, I love that. It's the night before Halloween, too, so we're going to be Halloween-themed with your no-tooth and build this, like... So Trader Joe's gave me a free candy house to build because they were like... I checked out with my, like, whenever I got brown rice and arugula. That sounds like I'm extra healthy. Normally, I eat potato chips for meals. But, um... Don't let her fool you. Yeah. Um, And they were like, do you want this? Uh, we're giving these out for free. I was like, sure. It was like, it's so cute because, you know, they're going to... they're it's overstocked. a haunted chocolate it. house. Yeah, it's cute. Um, Much better so, than gingerbread houses around Christmas time. Yeah. Who likes gingerbread? Nobody. It's like um, it's like the Jim Gaffigan joke, like a fortune cookie. Like no one likes that. Here's a stale cookie. Yeah. So, anyways, you have to go back to Indy for the um, to get it replaced, and we had just. So I've also met his. So he's met my parents. I've met his parents. I just met his family in Indianapolis. Actually, I didn't just meet his parents. I met about thirty other relatives because his family still lives there, and this is so exciting. Greg had a film, um, this incredible documentary that I can't wait for it to come out and I encourage you guys to watch it because, okay, so my uh, nanny who is from Rome, Italy, and granted she was a child in uh, World War II, um, but she's also just incredible, like a huge history buff and like she's, she's very smart, like this story Sharp that, as attack. Yeah, this story that they made a documentary about, She she's blown away that she has no idea what it's even about and that my great-grandfather, who was a four-star general in the Italian army, would have known some Air of these Force. characters. Or Air Force, sorry. Yeah, Air Force. Would have known some of these characters. She still has had no idea. It's like a true hidden gem. So Greg had a film in the Indianapolis Film Festival. It did incredible. Tell about the film because it's so freaking cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for the lead up. Um, yeah, what an opportunity. I was so grateful uh, to be able to premiere this film I've been working on for over a year in my hometown of Indianapolis. It was the world premiere. We had never shown it for an audience up until the first screening. Uh, only about a handful, six or seven people had ever even seen the film. And truth be told, we probably wouldn't have even finished the film had we not got accepted to this film festival. Well, of course we'd finish it, but we would, we would you know... We had a deadline. We had to meet it. We had, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, um, the film is called Syndrome K. Uh, it's a documentary about uh, three Catholic doctors who invented a fake disease to fool Nazis into saving about a hundred Jews in a Vatican-controlled hospital in Rome during World War II. So um, cool. It's very cool. Uh, it's a true untold story. Um, and it was such an honor to meet and hear these brave men's mm-hmm. real story. And so it's such a cra- it's such a cool. I mean, it, it makes sense how they pulled it off because they made it seem like these um, about hundred something Jews were quarantined. Like 
they made up this disease and then when the germans went to go raid this hospital they were like sure go ahead but these people are so sick they're like almost like lepers like you're gonna get exactly you're gonna get sick if you go and so they were like oh yeah right, take no. them go ahead and yeah, take they, them they're, they're just gonna, gonna get your your yeah. soldiers sick and everyone yeah. else on the train sick but if that's what you want like you don't have at it it's like brilliant. we don't even know what this disease is yet we're just getting a hold of it as you know you know because you know the germans thought this they're like oh the jews are very dirty this is contained only to jewish lineage yeah. like we don't know what it is yet and we're calling it they called it morbida kappa in italian which mm-hmm. is the death of the k which is really ironic and hilarious because the Italian language does not contain the letter K. Mm-hmm. So it was a dig um, on Herbert Kapler and Albert Kesselring, who mm-hmm. were um, the head of police, SS, German police in Rome, and the German, um, uh, the head of the German army, respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with both of their names, Kapler and Kesselring, starting with a K, they called it, you know, Death of the K, mm-hmm. Syndrome K. Um, and there was a lot of undercover spy clandestine activity. Didn't they make fake documents and everything? Like The they, whole ball of wax. I mean, yeah. They acted so quick. They were so quick on their feet. Okay, guys. I just got a cause box and I need to tell you about it. I was so excited to get it and it's even better than I thought it would be. It's filled with products that I use every day and adore and some that I didn't even know I needed. And the crazy thing is that the products inside are more than 70% off retail. Causebox is a quarterly subscription box curated by women for women. I love that. The focus is on showcasing amazing products that are ethical, sustainable, and have a positive mission to give back and make the world better. Every cause box is limited edition, and the last three boxes sold out within days. And the current fall box is the best box yet, with over $300 worth of items for $50. So let me tell you what was inside my fall box. First of all, they somehow already knew that Nichelle was my favorite jewelry. I've been wearing Nichelle for years, and I never had a Nichelle necklace. I was only wearing the rings, but a Nichelle necklace came in the bag, and the maker gives back 10 meals to those in need. That's incredible. And then I also got a duffel weekender bag that normally costs over $100 by itself. But think about it. It's in my box for 50 bucks. I'm, it's a steal. Not to mention the 10-piece makeup brush collection. Amazing. A new candle that I didn't even know I needed. It's white cactus candle. It smells amazing. Amal and Gautier's recovery treatment oil. There's so much to enjoy and treat yourself with. The experience of getting an opening cause box is the best part. Their boxes are designed by independent female artists. It's so exciting to open them and feel like you got yourself a huge bundle of gifts. You deserve it. That is another great thing about Causebox. Holiday season is not far away, and it makes for an amazing gift for that person who's impossible to shop for. I already have about five family members that I'm signing up for Causebox for them. It's the best holiday gift you can get. And my listeners can go to www.causebox.com and use the code BEHERE30 to get 30% off their first box. Go get the fall Causebox before it sells out. I can tell you firsthand, you're absolutely going to love it. www.causebox.com, that's C-A-U-S-E-B-O-X.com, and use the code BEHERE30 to get 30% off. Anyhow, it's really an incredible story, and it's incredible that it uh, remained under wraps for so long, and that we had the opportunity to hear the stories from the last living doctor, mm-hmm. Adriana Osacini. We interviewed him when he was 98 got his story on tape 
luckily before he passed away this so past cool. February in 2019, we interviewed the head of the son of the head of the hospital, Pietro Borromeo. And luckily, Steven Spielberg, uh, after he did Schindler's List, mm-hmm. had conducted over 50,000 testimonies of Jews who survived the Holocaust. And through searching through that, we found a whole bunch of stories that interconnected with Roman Jewish survivors, um, including a doctor who was working under a false identity as a Catholic doctor, a Jew named uh, Vittorio Sacerdoti. Yeah. Um, so it, it, and who narrated it? Oh, Ray Liotta. Which is pretty freaking cool. Pretty awesome. What was it like working with him? Like when you... Oh, he was great. What was he... Is he down to earth? Is he cool? He couldn't be more down to earth. It, I mean, it just felt like I was hanging out with a buddy's dad and he was imparting wisdom and he was taking it very seriously and was very, you know, vividly and um, on on the surface moved by the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at times he had to stop and he had to know more. You know, yeah. it was really cool that he, you know, he got that involved um, and while I doing think the narration. And I for free, right? He just wanted to do it? Well, we paid him. Oh, you did? He, okay. But, but he did not. So we reached out to his agent mm-hmm. and uh, Steve, the the film composer who I've been working with, and this is our second documentary together. Mm-hmm. He's very well connected. Um, lives at the Palisades and he had a connection to Ray and reached out to Ray personally and Ray got back to him instantaneously. I mean, within like 20 minutes, Ray was actually at the Toronto International Film Festival when we reached out to him. Mm-hmm. And we so... we got to get Ray on this podcast. Ray, Ray uh, said he'd do it before his agent even responded <laughs> and no pay was discussed or anything and he did the whole thing. And at the end, you know, Steve gives him a check and he was like, well, my dad told me to never turn down money. Oh, but like, he's he, like he, so he did the whole thing. Nice. I mean, without even asking for pay or discussing it. Um, and just it, it was a beautiful experience. And it was cool to have the OG mobster. Yeah. From Goodfellas himself, you know, narrating this kind of um, in a way. Mob inspired story. Those doctors were act, you know. In, in Doing a what sense, they had to do, you know, had their own version of organized crime. Granted, yeah. it's not it was to save people, not to. Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah. it was technically illegal because Rome was under Nazi occupation. Yeah. You know, the radio that they had in the hospital was uh, an illegal object. You, you know, if you're broadcasting that on a shortwave radio, then it was an illegal broadcast. You couldn't be, you know, just pub uh, publications. You mm-hmm. couldn't just be putting stuff out in the newspaper. It was illegal media. You know, mm-hmm. so. Um, it, it was cool, the the underground spy network that was going on in Rome and how interconnected everything was. And it was just a true pleasure and a blessing to have this project uh, in my life. And, That's cool. And what a story to tell. And it's going to be out so people can watch it at some point soon. And you think yeah. and you're working on the TV cut of it and stuff? We're working on a distribution deal now. Literally, I just got marching orders this week to cut down a TV hour version. Mm-hmm. So the film is about 75 minutes now. We could have been 85 minutes. We have interviews we didn't even use. And now we got to cut it down to 54 minutes for a TV hour. Cool. Well, we're going to wrap it up in a second, but I want to end the podcast with like how I would interview uh, a guest that I'm not dating. So I'm going to just ask you a few questions. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So you do so many different things. And like before I got to know you, it was hard for me to even realize like what you do. So what is it exactly what you do in the entertainment industry? Um, well, I'm a natural born storyteller, but that has been refined to being a director, producer, editor mm-hmm. in today's media saturated world. 
I work on short form, long form content. I've done feature films. I've done commercials. I've done 30 second spots. I've done branded material for Instagram. Mm -hmm. I can do it all. And I like doing it all. Yeah. Um, you used to be in a band, too. I was in a band and for a decade. Now you're also a rancher. And <laughs> now I'm a hip seed rancher, um, among many other things. Yeah. I'm, I'm building a recording studio out there in the middle of nowhere. I've got lots of uh, musicians as clientele. Um, and I do a wide ar array of things. I'm, I'm kind of a, a modern renaissance man in a sense. I knew you wanted to say renaissance man so bad. I'm <laughs> you already you I made him. I made once. him redo the, the answer because I just said, I said, so for my listeners, like explain what you do. You're like, I'm a 2019 renaissance man. I'm like, cool. That explains nothing. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> no, but that is what you explained. Explains it well. Like it's, and that is kind of how the entertainment industry works where you're, I mean, a lot of people are director, editors, like, it, truthfully, he you didn't need to be doing my sound for the last three years, is, and you oh, said it to no. my face. Yeah, that's <laughs> not, not even all. what that's you do. That's the funniest thing is that Rachel thought that I was doing this for the the, the little bit of picking she was <laughs> paying me every week, which is like, oh yeah, that was a case of beer week. I mean, <laughs> I, I just wanted to have a reason to keep our relationship alive from a creative standpoint. Honestly, this was not. I never intended on dating Rachel. The truth be told, as much as I adored her truly and had a crush on her uh you know truthfully um i just wanted to work with her i wanted to whether you know be in a film later on or commercial work to date what is your biggest career high and your biggest career low biggest career high although it might not be the highest uh paying or like people will other people might not look at it, but I think going on tour with Taking Back Sunday. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Was uh, just like a monumental moment in my life where like, you know, that was as a 16 year old young man, you mm -hmm. know, that was the top of the mountain. And yeah. I got and I got to do it. You were 16? No, 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 no. Oh, like, like well, okay, that was what you would have dreamed back, of. Looking yeah, back, okay. yeah, what I would have dreamed of, like why I moved out to Los Angeles, like oh, who do I want to meet, what do I want to do? Like you ask me when like, I'm trying to formulate as a young man what I want to do with my life, it, it was that. It was that. I got to live my almost famous yeah. tale, and I got to share God, this, I wish I even the stage. Uh, okay, in particular, let's focal point on an actual moment. I got to be on stage singing Coldplay Fix You with... Chris Caraba, Adam Lazara, Anthony Green. That's a mic drop moment. Like, that's so cool. I, in front of a sold-out crowd at the Chelsea in Las Vegas, and I'm on stage, and their arms are around my, you know, back, and we're singing it. And it's just like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> I I don't deserve to be here. What? That's, <laughs> How is this real? That's awesome. You know, and those are the moments where you're like, yeah, well, God's real, and he's giving me a gift right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, biggest career low? Biggest career low. There's there's just almost so many. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it works. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a fine answer. That's I mean, I think that kind of sums up the entertainment industry. No, I think I can probably pinpoint it. Okay. I got it. What? Oh, I've got it. Okay. You're going to hate it because it's a bit long-winded. But I'm working for a production company. We're doing this show called Kaboom, where it's basically Mythbusters without the science. It's mm -hmm. just a pretty girl and we blow things up in slow-mo. Mm-hmm. And I had taken on an extra responsibility that, you know, I'm going to 
we're, we do it out in the middle of the desert because we're blowing shit up, right? And I get all my boys hired on to be the PAs and extra cameramen and, and everything else kind of below the line. And we drive this production van full of all of the gear. We're talking nearly a million dollars worth of gear. Mm-hmm. Um, high-speed camera, Zeiss lenses, Google it. It adds up quick. Mm-hmm. And I leave it up to my little buddy Blake uh, to drive it out there in a rented van and his phone died and when you get into the middle of Lancaster when the roads turn from mm-hmm. pavement to gravel to dirt to yeah. it's Avenue it's like the hills have eyes territory yeah and then just Avenue Q Avenue G Avenue H they're just letters and his phone died and he got so lost that um he didn't know where he was and he's trying to turn around and he got the van stuck in like quicksand. Oh. Like so he had then then the, uh, all I had from him was like one last text like my phone's dying I'm so fucking lost. He like was trying to send a pin. Mm-hmm. And boom, the sun's going down. He's in the middle of Lancaster. I'm at like the set, the shooting ranch that we're at and luckily I have my buddy Craig's Jeep. And all we have is this pin, this last pin he dropped us. And we're and he's literally in the middle of the desert. He drove miles out of the way down a dirt road to let his phone die and get the van stuck in the sand with a million dollars of equipment in it. And I'm just like, great. Mm-hmm. I put this whole production on my back. I told the you know president of the company I could do it. So did you get in trouble? No. But at that moment, I thought I was dead. I thought I would be packing up my bags and going back to Indiana. Like, So how'd you get to the van out? Well, um, we followed that pin. We drove this Jeep off-road through miles of just cactus and sand and dirt mm-hmm. in the middle of the Lancaster Desert and found the van. Um, that's a pretty, that's, that's as, a stressful as the one. Sun, as the sun had set, it was now nighttime. I couldn't believe we found it. And I got a tow truck to come all the way out there. That guy thought it was hilarious it took we probably pulled that van out at 2 a.m mm-hmm. got it got it to set by 3 a.m we've got a former miss america showing up at 5 a.m mm-hmm. to get makeup on to then blow this shit up come 7 a.m so you made it though oh we made it and no one i mean i let i let the line producer god bless him that he didn't tell the president of the company he yeah. was just like you have until 7 a.m to figure this out or else basically you're dead Jesus. Because they, I mean, they had talent, crews, all these people coming in, you know. They're all staying in hotels. And then, but luckily, we, we pulled it out in the nick of time. All right. That's a good one. Yeah. Long-winded as fuck. <laughs> but I don't tell short stories, Jesus. girl. You should know that. Um, God, I really just wanted to kind of end it with quick fire questions. I don't know how to do this. There's a lot of editing in this. Do you have any more quick fires? Not really, because now I'm well over an I'll hour. be quicker. No, it's okay. Um, if you could have anyone's career, who would it be? What a wonderful question. David Bowie. Mm, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Some r- rock star more so than the director. You got that ro- You got that rock star still in you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to leave. That's good. I love that. Well, Greg, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for editing this later. I, I mean, <laughs> this is the whole operation is you, really. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, tell people where they can find more about the movie and you, uh, Syndrome K. All that. Um, Syndrome K 
stay tuned. We don't have a distribution deal yet, but hopefully it'll be available on either local uh, cable or Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. Um, I'm Go Go Gonzo Flow on all the social medias. Cool. And uh, syndromek.com uh, if you want to check out the trailer. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait for the movie to come read out. Read more about it. Yeah, but you guys are going to love it. It's a fascinating story. Well, thank you for doing this. Thanks, Bye. Bye.